Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 77. Before we head into our interview, which I know that's what you're all here for, we wanted to share A, some news, and also an announcement about a giveaway that we're doing. Yeah, so if you follow along with us on social media, you probably saw yesterday that we reached just a big milestone for us, um, and we hit 10,000 downloads. Yeah, and so what that means is just that 10,000 times that any of our episodes have been played. Um, And you guys know, or hopefully you know, that we are not in this for the numbers by any means. Um, the, the relationships that we've been able to form with our guests and with you as the listeners are the most valuable thing that we could ever ask for. However, a milestone like this is just an affirmation that we're headed down the right path. And that just makes us feel really great. Yeah, so to help us celebrate, because we um, want to thank you guys for listening along with us and incorporating us into your daily life, you know, and bringing in that magic of Disney, we wanted to do this giveaway Yep, so it'll be a giveaway that is 10 episodes long. Each episode will be its own individual giveaway with its own individual product. Um, And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to be showcasing a lot of these shops that we've interviewed in the past. So a lot of these people that empty out our bank accounts because we want to buy all of their products have been gracious enough to partner with us and allow us to share their products with you as the listeners. So the way this is going to work is we want to make it as simple as possible. The only thing that you have to do is between now and Sunday night, let's make it midnight at Walt Disney World time, Eastern time, take a screenshot of you listening to the episode and put it up on social media that we have. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, throw it up there, tag us in it, and that counts as an entry. Yeah, and this week we are super excited to be partnering with our friend Andrea from Isn't It Neat Boutique to be giving away a pair of mini ears. Yeah, you guys might remember her back from episode number 50, one of the best stories I think we've ever heard on here. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. So we'll start a brand new giveaway next episode on Monday. So tune in for that one to hear what we're giving away at that point. And we'll do that for 10 more episodes till we give everything away. Yay. So excited to do this. So, and we'll announce the winner on Monday as well, as well as on social media. So without further ado, our guest today is someone who's been mentioned on the podcast before, actually. So you might remember Britt and Leo from Main Street Press. Leo gave a shout out to Megan, who runs Mingling with Mickey on Instagram. And he was raving about just how she conducts herself on Instagram, how she forms relationships and shares motivation and positivity. And we reached out to Megan and she was gracious enough to come on and share her story with us today. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited for this chat. First things first, if you could introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your page and what you do for our listeners who aren't as familiar with it. Yeah, so thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be on. My name is Megan, and um, like my friend said, you can find me at Mingling with Mickey on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm Megan Diaz and Dog 513. I 
love being part of this Disney community. It's so fun. And I've had my Disney account for a couple of years on Instagram. I've been a writer for a really long time. I had a blog for quite a few years before I started freelance writing. So it's just something that I love. And being able to write about a place that I love is so special. Yeah, that is perfect. That is a great perfect introduction and I'm sure so many people are interested in that because that's kind of the dream like if you're a Disney person being able to be completely immersed in it is you know such a dream but starting apart from Disney kind of throwing Disney aside for the moment can you tell us a little bit about yourself about you Megan what's your background kind of how did you get to this point yeah so I went to college for public relations I have a PR job that I love but everybody kind of has this little side gig thing now, and mine just happens to be freelance writing. I started with a blog that was about sports. I wanted to work in sports so bad in college. I did seven sports internships in three years. I worked for an NFL team. I worked for a former NFL player. I worked for a D-League football team. I worked for a golf organization. I hate golf. Like I was just so <laughs> obsessed with wanting to find a job in sports and I couldn't find one. And so I turned to my second love, which is Disney. I love running. I love being able to hang out with my friends. I love cooking, like homemade pasta and like homemade baked goods are my thing. So if y'all need food ever, roll into my house. I'll make you something. You'll walk out feeling so good about yourself. <laughs> I connect with that on such a deep level. My brother has a master's degree in sports administration. There's no sports jobs he out there. He did the exact same thing, like traveling all around Tennessee looking for jobs. Brendan, at one point, wanted like that exact same thing. What was it that you wanted to do? I wanted to be a sports agent. A sports agent. So, yeah. Sports I love that hard. you said that. <laughs> yeah. And it's I never... It's so interesting when you hear about people with like that kind of background or that sort of aspiration. I feel like, unfortunately, it just never pans out. <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of friends in my department at the college I went to who none of them work in sports really anymore. Like they tried it out. It was hard to find a job. And they said, I'm just going to fall back on marketing or business, something more generic that we learned about in school. But like it still kind of fits in with what they learned, you know? Yeah. So you kind of mentioned that Disney was your second love. So yep. what is your Disney story? We started going to Disney when I was two years old. I'm almost 27. I'll be 27 next month. So I've been going to the parks for 25 years, which is a lot. And I say that to people and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, aren't you bored of this? Aren't you tired of going there? It's the same thing over and over. I'm like, but did you not see the new Dole Whip that's coming out? Or did you not hear that X attraction is coming next year? And it just makes you want to go back and go back. And I have so many special memories with my family and my best friends. Like my whole family has annual passes. My grandparents are vacation club members. My two best friends have annual passes. So like we're a Disney group. And it's just been one of those places where we can just put away everything else in the world and say, we're focusing on us right now and really reconnect as a family and be able to make those like magical memories. And it sounds so cheesy. We make magical, magical memories at Disney, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that if you're, quote unquote, a Disney person, you certainly understand that. And we've all had those conversations of you're going to Disney again, or like, it doesn't make sense to people who don't get it that 
you you could go on a trip like we would be perfectly fine going on a trip and our only objective is to find the new dole whips like that sounds <laughs> yep. exciting to us <laughs> yep i'm totally the same way <laughs> and we love a good snack so that helps too <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of mentioned it before that you've always been a writer and you had your blog before so what has kind of that evolution and that origin story been of you know, what got you to start a Disney-based Instagram account? How, what was your blog topics? And then how did you get into freelance writing? Yeah, so I'll start with my blog because that was the first thing. I was a blogger for six years before I kind of transitioned into Disney-focused anything. I blogged about sports. I blogged about my life. I blogged about vacations I would go on. I lived overseas for a month in Wales, so I blogged about that every day, which was really fun. And then I didn't really see anything from it. And I don't think the point of blogging sometimes is to necessarily see something from it monetarily, but it just wasn't giving me that spark of joy, which sounds very trendy right now. Like we're sparking joy. <laughs> we're Marie Kondoing our blog now, but that was totally not the purpose. I just wanted something new and something different that I could write about. And Disney just happened to be the thing that was always something fresh, always something new and people were interested in it. So I just kept at it and kept at it. I started my Instagram account based on my blog. My blog is called Mingling with Megan. And now it's more of a portfolio piece for articles that I've written for different outlets. And so my Instagram kind of came from that. And I've made so many friends on Instagram, which sounds like very millennial of me. Like <laughs> my best friends, I've made them on Instagram. And I, sometimes I think the like generations before me don't necessarily understand how that works but it's a really cool tool to connect with other people that you wouldn't normally be able to connect with I love so many different things that you just said I mean first off um with just finding joy in what you're doing I know that that's definitely a very like trendy thing and everyone says that but I do think that it's so important to really love what you're doing because it definitely shows through you know your personality and everything that you do and what you're putting out there um so I think it's more you know than just being trendy I do think it's super important and I also love that you mentioned you know having those real connections on Instagram um because I think especially in the Disney community and with everything that we've experienced so far we've definitely seen those real genuine you know accounts and people and we've made friends that way um and i think that anyone in the disney community can kind of relate to that as well yeah and i think it's pretty easy to figure out who's genuine and who's just in it for the likes and the comments and the the free stuff especially in the disney community and i've been very lucky to kind of find a, a niche in the disney community where everyone has just been so welcoming and so not necessarily accommodating to what I have to say, but receptive to what I have to say about different things in the parks or just my life of what's going on right now. So it's been a really interesting ride and I'm excited to kind of keep going with it. Mm -hmm. It is crazy and it is like a generational thing. I don't know, like Catherine and I are very much, we're not bubble poppers or we're not, we, mm -hmm. we like to stay in our bubble, but jumping into the Disney community and creating this group of people that now we've met online and then we meet some of them in real life that are quote unquote our Disney friends. It's just like, if you would have told me that a year ago, I never would have like imagined that a situation like that would occur. Like it would just be like, we talk about Disney with each other. Like 
we would never imagine that we'd be going to dinner with people in Nashville that are that we met through Disney. So I love that that Instagram can be that tool and that medium to connect people with common interests. Yeah, and I think it's always really fun when you don't know one of your Disney friends is at the parks at the same time as you, and you just so happen to see it on their post or on their Instagram story, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at Magic Kingdom also, let's go and get a Dole Whip, or let's ride Space Mountain together, and those 15 minutes of hanging out turn into years and years of friendship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners are interested in kind of how that process works of becoming a freelance writer. Um, cause we've, we've talked to a lot of people who have their blogs, um, and you know, that I'm sure that's an avenue that a lot of people would like to explore. So whatever you're comfortable sharing, would you mind sharing kind kind of, how do you fall into that niche? Um, and then also kind of what outlets do you write for and what are the topics that you cover? So I write for pop sugar, which is a mom slash millennial outlet. It's, it's, there's a lot there. So it's definitely a fun place to write. I write for Business Insider, which gets syndicated to Insider, which is a lifestyle publication of Business Insider. It's all under the same umbrella. I write for BuzzFeed in the community section. I write for a new place called Culture S, which is part of the fan-sided business community. I write for a lot of places. Pretty much anywhere that will accept me, I say yes to, and that will pay me. I'm, I'm happy with so I always write about Disney. I try to stay in that space. I do some other theme parks. I talk about Universal a little bit. I talk about what to do in Orlando and Anaheim. But typically, I stick in my lane with Disney. Anything about the parks, attractions, um, food and beverage, new announcements on shows, pretty much anything that you see kind of come across Twitter, or Instagram as news is what I cover. And it's been a really fun thing to do. I started pitching myself and people said yes because they didn't have a Disney expert on their staff. And so I kind of fell into that category and they were looking for it at the time. So it's part of its luck and part of its timing and knowing who to pitch and writing a good pitch is difficult, but it's worth it. I pretty much use the same base pitch over and over and sometimes people read it and sometimes they don't. You never know. So I think if someone would want to be a freelance writer about whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to be Disney. It's putting yourself out there to get the yes is the most important thing. No one's going to know that you're interested in something unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of information. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that because I think there is that, you know, the ideal scenario that for everybody, and especially someone like us, where we're a little more on the shy side, where we would say, oh, well, somebody will find us and they'll ask us to join their huge podcast network. And that's how, you know, that's our key to opening the next door. But the people who get ahead are the ones who put themselves out there that they're not afraid to fail um, and that they're, they stand behind their work and they're able to put themselves out there. So I think that is such a valuable lesson to be learned that sometimes you have to go knock on those doors and sometimes knock those doors down to get where you want to be. I'm an only child and I think I have only child syndrome. My parents tell me that, my friends tell me that. And I'm out in public and I'm this very loud and boisterous person. And then I need my alone time though. And those are my times to kind of break those doors open and really put myself out there in a way that maybe other 
people aren't because I don't have to be that in your face person on Instagram saying, go follow me, go read my post or go see this because I just posted it on pop sugar. I can just be the person sending the email saying, Hey, I want to write for X site. I heard you were the editor. Here's my idea. Are you cool with that? And it doesn't have to be something where you're the loud person to get noticed. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially like Brendan said, like for people like us who are a little more reserved or just shy or just not out there, I think that's just really helpful information too, just to know that like you can be yourself and get noticed, you know, and it's not just about being the flashiest or the loudest or, you know, the most exciting person in the room, just, Mm -hmm. you know, having your talent, knowing who to talk to and putting that out there. Um, is a way to get things done. Exactly. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like super interested in all of this because I think it's all very, very interesting. So when you go to a park, you know, any Disney park that you're visiting for the day, what does your day look like since this is like part of your job? Yeah. So I look at the the parks a little bit differently than I used to just because it is my job. I'm noticing things that other guests might not notice. I'm pretty into like how story comes about, especially in new areas of the park. Like Toy Story Land is amazing. If you guys haven't been to Hollywood Studios to check out Toy Story Land yet, you have to. There's so many small details that Walt Disney Imagineering put in there that if you're just running to Slinky Dog Dash to be first in line in the morning, you would never notice And so I think those kinds of things, I look for that a lot. I look for obviously like new drinks and new food and beverage is always really fun. People love that. But I try not to be too regimented when I go to the park. I try to see kind of what comes to me and what kind of like sparks an inspiration for a story. I have a huge note on my phone of just story ideas. Like where would this be best at? This is what's new in the park right now. This is what guests are loving. This is what guests maybe aren't loving so much. Um, I think some people get scared when they say, hey, what do you do? And I say, I'm a freelance writer, that I'm going to put everything that they say into a story. And that's not necessarily true. I just want to get someone's opinion on what did you think about X attraction or what did you think about X show? Because I want an authentic guest experience. And sometimes as a writer, you're not getting that authentic guest experience because you might be on a media trip or you might be having like some special service at a meal and it can be a little bit different than what a normal day guest paying to get into the park would experience. Mm -hmm. So I always, I always try to make it a little bit more authentic or as much as I can be authentic to what an average person is experiencing. So will you go and talk to people in the parks, like if they're willing to talk to you or if you just like strike up a conversation with someone? Yeah, I tip it. I'm someone like when I'm in the parks, I can talk to a brick wall. Like I'll talk to anybody. So I talk to a lot of cast members. A family member of mine used to be a cast member. So it's really fun to kind of hear his stories. My grandfather used to be an engineer on the train at Magic Kingdom. And so just to hear his stories and be able to talk to cast who work in his area and say, oh, do you know Jean? Like, my grandpa used to work here. And then just strike up a conversation about, like, what their role is like, how long they've been in that role. Like, that kind of stuff is super interesting to me. And I always come forward and say, like, hey, like, I'm a freelance writer. This isn't necessarily for a story. But, like, it could be of interest 
to people. Mm -hmm. Certainly. I love that what you said about getting kind of the opinion of someone who is maybe visiting the parks for one day. And I can't remember who it was, but I know in a previous episode, I think really early in the podcast, someone mentioned that the majority of people that you see in a Disney park, a lot of times it's going to be their only trip to Disney and like in their entire life. And a lot of times they're just going for one day. And so a lot of the things that us and the Disney community that are so immersed in everything complain about, I can't think of like a hot topic. It's like a silly thing. I know like you and I, Catherine, we complain about Seven Dwarfs Mine Train quite often. (laughs) But to a one day park person who's maybe never gets to go back again, it could be the most fun ride they've ever been on. So I think it is always important to realize that people are experiencing the parks in much different ways based on how many times they've been or what point in the life in their life that they're at. Yeah, and I think that's so true, especially as the people who only do get to go one time ever. I live about two hours away from the park. I'm there like once to twice every month. So my experience going as a guest can be very different from a family of four going for the only time in their life and they're rushing around to see everything and do everything and see Mickey at every single park. And I'm fine just sitting on a bench on Main Street and people watching for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the next thing I wanted to jump into, and I think it's the most important thing probably that we'll chat about in this whole interview, is that some of our regular listeners may remember that you've gotten a shout out before on this show back in episode number 69. So Britton Leo from Main Street Press, Leo made a point to give you a shout out that you were someone who does Instagram the right way about building relationships, cheering people on, sharing that positivity. So can you just kind of share some of the lessons that you've learned or what your approach is of, of how you're able to make an impact and, and grow those relationships? Yeah, so Britt and Leo are the cutest people in the whole world, and I love them both so much. And they've been one of those connections on Instagram that has just taken off. I've been able to hang out with them in the parks a few times, and it's just one of those things when you meet someone on Instagram that you think like, oh, I could have a connection with them in real life. I try to make a point to comment on their things. If there's a funny Instagram story that they post and I'll reply back and say like, oh my gosh, this was so funny. I'm glad you had a great day writing Splash Mountain or whatever. And I think just having those genuine connections with people make others notice that you're not this like fake person just on Instagram to get likes and comments and be the most famous person in the room. I think you genuinely want to connect with people. And I think that's what most people are looking for is just genuine connections. And sometimes it, it can get lost in the shuffle of, Oh, I got sponsored to go on this trip or, Oh, like Disney sent me this because I did this. And it's just one of those things where people just want the encouragement and they want the joy. They want to open Instagram and see that Megan's on here because she genuinely cares and not because she wants my like. Mm -hmm. And that's how I view it. Like I genuinely care about the people who follow me and the people that I follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could. That is, (laughs) I I mean, because we... We're fairly new in Instagram. I mean, we started our Instagram right when we launched the podcast back in August. So we're still trying to figure out what our identity is on there and how is the best way for us to use it. And we are certainly victim of, you know, getting caught in the game instead of 
actually caring about the people that we're interacting with. So, I mean, I can remember a couple times where we'd be like, oh, this person used to be so connected with us and now they haven't liked our last 10 photos or something. Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, have I been commenting on their stuff? Have I been reaching out to them to encourage them on? The answer is most likely no. So I think that there's definitely a back and forth that has to take place. And the more that you put yourself out there and cheer other people on, the more you're going to receive it back. It's definitely one of those situations where the more that you put in, the more you get back. Yeah. And for a while, I was doing this thing called Happily Ever After Wednesday. And I would take like five minutes out of my day, which is nothing. Like we all have five minutes. Let's be honest. And I would just put out some encouraging words on Instagram. The messages that I would get back. I would just start sobbing and like, I'm not a crier. Like my friends say I have a black heart. Like I don't show emotion. Well, people would say you inspired me to apply for the Disney college program. You inspired me to call my mom today or call my best friend today because they're going through a rough time or you encouraged me to get out of bed or whatever the thing was encouraged me to run a half marathon, which is crazy. I would never imagine that words that I say would inspire somebody else to do something life changing like that. And so I think Instagram is a really powerful tool for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, just in general, Instagram is such a powerful tool. And I mean, I, I'm i a middle school teacher. So oh, God I've, bless. <laughs> <laughs> so I've definitely seen how Instagram can also, you know, impact in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, you know, especially appreciate the Disney community and especially people like you who take just extra measures to put – positivity out there because there is like the negative dark not so happy side to it so I think just any effort to be positive and genuine is always appreciated Mm -hmm. yes definitely Mm -hmm. well awesome so many great lessons to be learned in that first half of the interview I thank you so much for sharing that and I think that is useful for our blogging listeners who people who are in that writing space but also just for anyone in general because I think Many of us are using social media as a tool, and the way that you're using it is definitely a great model for someone if they were looking to how can they make a bigger impact and how can they form deeper and greater relationships. So next thing that we'll jump into is our fast pass round. So we'll just throw out these Disney topics, and if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind. Perfect. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. I visited all of the American parks. And of those six individual parks, I guess excluding the water parks, which one is your favorite and why? It's a toss-up between Hollywood Studios and DCA at um, Disneyland. They're, they both have a very like similar vibe. They're old Hollywood. Like I just love that feel. When I walk into both of those parks, I feel like I'm at home. So those two, and they both have my favorite attractions at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So it's just like, yes, I know when I walk in, I'm going to have a great day. <laughs> This isn't on the question sheet, but what is your favorite attraction? At um, Hollywood Studios, it's Tower of Terror, and at DCA, it's Mission Breakout. I should have guessed that. I thought that whatever you said, <laughs> they're in both parks, but I wanted to reserve. But... <laughs> I guess you, well, that's the only one I guess that would match up, isn't it? Uh, there's probably some others no. that we're forgetting, but next one would be your Disney bucket list trip. Um, I feel like anybody who's a Disney fan is going to say going to international parks and Tokyo Disney Sea is definitely up there for them. But I really want to go to the Walt Disney Studios lot and tour Walt's apartment and the Walt Disney archives. Yes. 
That's I feel like that's like another thing that everyone is like, I want to go to the Walt Disney Studio a lot. It's so cool. But it's like getting in there is very difficult. You have to know somebody <laughs> who knows somebody. Yes. Have you heard about when D23 goes and does their tour like once or twice a year? Yes. And it always sells out in like 30 seconds. And nobody that you know ever gets in to bring you as a guest. <laughs> we we know what Sean and Jackie, our friends from Monreal Radio, they got to go. And they'd made it seem like it was so easy. But I'm sure they just got lucky and, and it worked out for them. So I'm happy for them. But it is one of those things like I wonder if I'm ever going to get to do that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so the next one would be what is your favorite Disney resort? I feel like this is so difficult and I should break them down into like the structure that Disney has it. So value is pop century. Moderate is Port Orleans French Quarter because those beignets there are a blessing. Deluxe is Grand Floridian. And since my grandparents are vacation club members, we get to stay vacation club quite a bit. Bay Lake Tower is amazing. I recently stayed there like last week and got a theme park view. I had a giant panoramic window overlooking magic kingdom and it was beautiful i spent the whole day in the hotel i didn't even go to the park oh that sounds amazing my parents are dvc bay lake tower is one that we have not stayed at yet yeah it's it's amazing it's so close to the parks and i mean there's no dining in bay lake tower you have to walk over to the main building of the contemporary to eat but the rooms are beautiful have you been to top of the world lounge Yes, that's one of my favorite spots. The cake that they have up there is my favorite Disney dessert. That's what I was going like, to say. You don't need a full meal. You just need a seven-layer cake for um Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that way you don't have to leave Bay Lake Tower ever. Exactly. Just like sugar up for the night, go up there and get a slice of cake, and if Magic Kingdom's open late for extra magic hours, just run over there on sugar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So next one would be some strategy involved. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? This is really difficult, but my answer is kind of like, duh, living with the land. Because if you can only fast pass one for the rest of your life, you're going to need to eat. And that's got <laughs> a plethora of options for food. That is true. That is some good strategy. That is very <laughs> unique strategy that I don't think other people have applied, but I respect it immensely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the next one, um, which ride do you think is due for either an exit or a refurbishment from the park? We're getting rid of Figment and we're refurbing Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Okay, so let's break this down. <laughs> Figment. <laughs> Is, is Figment himself entirely gone? Are we bringing back Dreamfinder? What's what's the situation there? This is going to be a hot button option. And like it's going to be all up in the comments that you guys are getting. <laughs> I'm going to get nasty messages on Instagram about this. We're kicking Figment out of Epcot. Ooh. There's too there's too much Figment. He's on all of the merchandise. He's on topiaries at Flower and Garden Festival. He's like an icon for Food and Wine Festival. Like I'm just overseeing figment every corner i turn at epcot like we could just dull it down a little bit and that's fine just keep him sequestered to the imagination pavilion but disney has gotten like figment overload kind of like how frozen overload used to be that's how i feel about figment well maybe it'll die down once frozen 2 comes out <laughs> it'll be frozen so. again <laughs> it'll be frozen again i yeah i could maybe i i, I 
I love Figment, so I don't want I know, Figment he's to. I'm struggling for words right now. <laughs> but I would do a trade-off: less Figment, more Orange Bird. That's my Ooh. that's my compromise. I would take that compromise. <laughs> so, refurbishment. Are you making it into the Disneyland version of the Buzz Lightyear ride, or what would you plan to do there? I think it just needs a tech update, honestly. Like, I like the Disneyland version where you can take your blaster gun out of the holster and, like, wave it around like a lightsaber, kind of. And I like the option to, like, have a wider range of shooting. But I think it would be really cool if instead of, like, just the solid exit, the X's with the little laser pointer that attacks them, I think it would be cool if it was, like, a virtual thing. Like, when you shot at the X, it kind of exploded. Oh, I would like that. That would be cool. You know they could do that like so oh, easily. Could. Yeah, they were all of those just be turned into screens, which I know we're kind of like not into screen based things right now. Like everything is going screen based, but I think it could be a really neat upgrade to the attraction. I'm interested to see like what kind of shooting technology they unveil when they have that Spider-Man ride mm-hmm. in California Adventure. I feel like that'll be really telling, and then maybe you could apply some of that same stuff to Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, definitely. But it is just like, I, I'm convinced it's completely random. And it's probably because my score is really low every time. But last time when we were stuck on the ride and there were no targets for us to shoot at, I was aiming at the lady's head in the car oh. in front of us. And I was just racking up 100 points like every five shots. So Yeah, so if you keep your finger on the button, this is a pro tip for people who like want to get higher scores on Buzz Lightyear. Just keep your finger on the like little button thing and it just kind of racks up your points. It's more for kids who like aren't very good at aiming and you just have them hold that button down. You don't have to shoot at anything. You just get points. Yep. I am in that camp. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is my favorite. Um, what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Carrot cake cookies from Hollywood Studios are my favorite snack. And they're always my go-to snack. And they're even my favorite bring-home snack. Hmm. Where do you get them? At Trolley Treats at Starbucks. They're in the case. They used to be at Starring Rolls, but that's closed. So they got moved over to Starbucks. We were big fans of Starring Rolls. So were we. (laughs) That's where your sister's friend worked, and we'd always go see him. Yep. Yep. I think it's really interesting, too, that they still have, like, all of the logoed stuff outside on that little patio. The umbrellas still stay starring roles. I'm like, rip my heart, (laughs) y'all. It's too much. Take those down and replace them. Yep. So next one, sticking with food, your favorite table service restaurant and favorite quick service restaurant. My favorite table service restaurant, I have two. Like, I love food and beverage at Disney. Like, it's so good, and it's always changing. And these two are very different. Sanaa at Animal Kingdom Lodge at Kadani Village is amazing. The bread service there is one of my favorite things that Disney has right now. And just for the experience, Wine Bar George at Disney Springs is fantastic. Like, if you love wine and you love good food, like, that's where you need to go. We are trying Sanaa for the first time on our trip in May. You guys are, are so excited. Love it. It's so, so get the bread service. If you don't get the bread service, you wasted time at Sana. <laughs> I feel like probably the cast members who are the waiters and waitresses probably don't even ask anymore. It's like, all right, so you want the bread service, I'm sure. And yeah. what do you want after that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then um, my favorite quick service is Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe at Disneyland. I am so upset. We, we've been to Disneyland once since we've been adults we went we Mm -hmm. went past october this past october 
we didn't make it into Jolly Holiday. And what oh, were we doing? No. I don't know. I almost feel like it's because I was just, this is like a deep, like subliminal thing, but like in Magic Kingdom, whatever I'm walking to the hub, I never like think to look over to the left because mm-hmm. Crystal Palace is back there. And like, if I'm not going to Crystal Palace, I have no reason to go over there. So right. I, I feel like I did the exact same thing to Jolly Holidays. Like, oh, there's nothing over there. Let me look at Plaza Inn with the fried chicken. Yes. And I feel like Disneyland, like I just went there for the very first time in October last year. It feels so similar to Magic Kingdom, like the way it's laid out and where things are placed in the park. But it's also very different. And so I had a friend tell me, if you don't eat at Jolly Holiday, you've missed a prime moment in food. And I'm like, okay. He's like, get the grilled cheese and the tomato soup. You won't regret it. I'm like, I can make this at home. Like, why am I getting this? I took the first bite and I was like, I get it now. I get why you told me to buy this. Oh. I'm so upset right now. Yep. <laughs> we are now going to book our next trip to Disneyland. You need to. Just do it. Just go I mean, for it. We needed to do it before we got this news, but But this is <laughs> this is pivotal. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so the next question would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. For me myself or when I see someone else having a character meet and greet moment? Let's do both. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite character meet and greet moment for others is when I see littles, like little kids, dressed up like a character and then meeting that character. And uh, like if they're meeting Cinderella and they're dressed like Cinderella, they just went to Bibbidi Boppity Boutique. Like that is the cutest thing. And like Cinderella will get on the floor and like play with them. And I'm just like, oh, it's too much. It's like real <laughs> Disney magic is happening right in front of me. And like people just don't care. Like they're ooing and aahing just like I am. And they don't care that that little girl's taking 10 minutes of Cinderella's time and it was your time five minutes ago. Like that is the true magic of going to see characters at Disney is seeing little kids' eyes light up. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yep. And my favorite meet and greet moment was when I met Tinkerbell for the first time. So Tinkerbell used to not meet in the parks. And I was 16 when Tinkerbell started meeting at Magic Kingdom. And it was back in the old Toontown with the tent and everything. Like it wasn't up at the Main Street Theater. And it was before it got refurbished to Storybook Circus. I was freaking out. We waited like an hour and a half. Like I was pumped. And, like, there were just a bunch of little kids around me, like, what is this, like, grown person doing in the line to meet Tinkerbell? That was the best day. It was, I was crying walking out of seeing Tink. Like, she was just so bright and vibrant and bubbly. Like, how you imagine Tinkerbell to, like, be in real life is how Tinkerbell was at Magic Kingdom that day. And it was just one of those moments I'm never going to forget. This just gets me in the mood. We got to meet more characters on our next trip. I was going to say, I feel like everyone has like that one character, like either they're meeting and you would wait, you know, any amount of time to meet them, or there's a character that you're looking forward to that you would do anything to meet, you know? Yes. And I, I've been going to the parks for so long that sometimes I think like, oh, I'm, I don't need to go and see Mickey or whatever. Like, I don't want to wait in the 30 minute line to see Merida. And then I go and do it, and I'm so glad that I did. I saw Mickey a few months ago, and it was, like, the day before his, like, big birthday celebration at Magic Kingdom. And there was nobody else in line. So it was just me and Mickey and the character handler cast member and the photo pass cast member for, like, 15 minutes. Like, we had a full-on photo shoot with Mickey. 
And it was like the best day because I didn't have to like mind my time. And Mickey was just like sitting there dancing with me and we were taking selfies in the mirror in the like room at Magic Kingdom. It was just one of those moments that you're just like, I'm glad that I do character meet and greets every once in a while. Yes, for sure. We've been pleasantly surprised as well. When we were in Disneyland, we were just like really late at night. I want to say it was 11 o'clock, and apparently this is really rare because I guess Toontown in Disneyland closes early most nights. For some reason, it was open, and we were just walking through Mickey's house, and it said, meet and greet this way. And we're like, there's no way he's actually back there this late at night. Mm-hmm. Not a soul back there besides Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a best best day. Yeah. For sure. He was just waiting for us. That's I, awesome. I do agree about seeing the little kids, too. Who was it that we saw at uh, Moonlight Magic? It was the Evil Queen, and a little girl had a Snow White, like, plush doll. doll. Yeah. So oh. the Evil Queen was, like, acting like she was putting it in her big cauldron and, you know, All the messing around with her. It was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute, though. And you, like you said, like, you can't even get mad. Like, there's definitely <laughs> occasions where I feel like you're waiting in line for a character, and it's... You know, people our age, and they're taking their time, and, like, I get all that, but come on, people. But if it's a kid, you're just like, you do you. Take your time. We're all here for this. Yes. For sure. So, next one, moving out of the parks, your favorite Disney movie. Ooh. Can we break this down again? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Break it down however you need to. Um. Old school Disney animation, like the hand-drawn animation, is Hercules. Like, the soundtrack for Hercules pumps me up. Like, it is so good. Live action is Saving Mr. Banks, which is a movie that you don't really hear a whole lot about. But the storytelling in that film is fantastic. Pixar is brave because Merida is my favorite princess. Marvelous Thor Ragnarok because it's just plain funny. It's one of those movies you pop in. And you're just like mindless movie. You just need something to like break down the day and not to think about anything. And Star Wars is The Force Awakens. That was the first Star Wars film I saw. And I think a lot of people that are my age or a little bit younger might still be in that boat. Like The Force Awakens is where we were introduced to the Star Wars saga. My dad and I ended up binging all six of the first films that came out. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I'm a star Wars fan now because it's a great story and there's characters that you can connect with deeply. And it's just one of those things that we can continue to pass on to new generations. And that story is going to be a legacy film. Absolutely. Yeah. Love all those picks. Thank you. So the next one is your favorite Disney song. The happily ever after soundtrack like the fireworks soundtrack at Magic Kingdom, like that is a bop. (laughs) (laughs) They do have a lot of really good songs. We actually just saw that show for the first time when we went, when was it? February. February, yeah. Did you like it? I prefer Wishes, but I did really love it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like there's two boats there, like, one like if one group of people really loves wishes and wishes that was always in the parks and then there's one group that's like happily ever after yes like forget wishes <laughs> oh, i can't forget. i'm so sentimental i can't just forget wishes yeah and it's just been a thing where like there's been multiple trips because how many years has happily ever after been there now and we just a few but we just now saw it in february like it just never worked out for a lot of trips mm-hmm. for us to see it so yeah. that was probably an issue and probably we just hyped wishes up 
like mm-hmm. over that same time period. Probably. Yeah. For sure. I thought you were going to say go the distance. Have you after you mentioned the Hercules soundtrack, but That's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I forgot about that. That is true. So, next one would be your favorite Disney quote either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. I feel like this is going to be like a really funny answer. I think it's funny in my head at least. The quote from the Christopher Robin movie when Pooh says, people say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. Like, I just think that's so funny for some reason. Like, it always just sticks out. And it's just like, yeah, people do say that. And most days I do nothing. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, me writing an article on Pop Sugar, it might affect someone's Disney trip and how they plan their trip. But in the grand scheme of life, like, I do nothing. And I just think it's really funny. (laughs) I've never thought about it that way. I do. I mean, I love that quote and I know it got a lot of attention because they put it in the trailer, but that's awesome. It's just a very lighthearted quote. It'll make you smile whenever you hear it for sure. I mean, and I mean, from even back to the books with A.A. Milne is just packed with amazing quotes. It really is. And I think people kind of like bypass it and they're like, oh, like, my favorite quote is from like a princess film or whatever, like go live your dream and best day ever. But like, I think the poof like quotes are really like they're sentimental and they're valuable and they're just really good. Mm-hmm. Certainly. So I guess the second to last, not the last question that we have for you is what is your favorite Disney parks memory? So I was in third grade and I had a cast on my arm. I had broken my arm at a soccer game. And my family and I was walking through Hollywood Studios. I needed a break. It was like 10,000 degrees because it's Florida and it feels like the surface of the sun here most days. And so we kind of like pulled off to the side where the Indiana Jones show is and where you can register your kid to do the Jedi training, which Jedi training wasn't a thing when I was in third grade. So if it was, I would have totally done it. And it was when the Hercules parade was coming through the parks. And Meg from Hercules, like, kind of came out from the back cast area by herself without a character handler because that's how things rolled back then. And I was just sitting on this little like planter thing and she came over and sat by me and we like had this conversation and we took pictures and she signed my autograph book. And like, I don't know, like it was like for 10 minutes and nobody else was around us. And it was one of those things like you're always going to remember that because nobody else was there. Like, you wouldn't people wouldn't believe that now because there's characters and people swarm to them but having that one-on-one moment like with one of your favorite characters is so special and my family was there and we have these like really precious photographs so i would definitely say that's one of my favorites mm-hmm. i love that i i would i was talking we talked about it internally when we were on our disneyland trip about that feeling of like turning a corner and seeing a character that's not on the map, it's not on the app, you had no idea that they were going to be there, is one of the best feelings that you can possibly get in the world. And it just reminds me of my childhood grow- growing up in Walt Disney World, that yeah, you never know who you're going to see. Exactly. And I think like those moments are harder and harder to find now, especially at Walt Disney World, because everything is so structured. They They want you to plan your day months in advance. And so when you have like, the gates between Canada and the United Kingdom open and there's a ton of characters. It's so special and there's not really any rhyme or reason to it. It just happens. And those moments are really, really fun. Mm -hmm. 
One of our most fun times in Disneyland is we were standing at the flagpole, I think taking a picture with the Mickey uh, pumpkin that's there at the mm-hmm. head of Main Street, and Frollo started walking around, and none of us, for the life of us, could remember Frollo's name. And it's like, <laughs> it, this would never happen in Walt Disney World because we would pull out our map and we would pull out our app and say, oh, you know, Frollo meets from 2.20 to 3.10. And, you know, that's just something that I think is so unique and special about Disneyland. Yes, definitely agreeing with that. Awesome. So our very last question is something that we ask all of our guests. And it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this Disney community, either as a content creator or maybe they want to create their own products, what would be your advice to that person? Keep going. And dreams don't work unless you do. That's a good summary of everything I feel like that you told us today. So I love that. Yes. Thank you. I feel like when people ask me like questions that are similar to this, whether they send me an email or they they send me an Instagram message, like, how did you do this? I'm like, I hustled. I work hard. And I, I don't stop pushing. And dreams don't work unless you do. Like, it's hard. But it's so fulfilling and it's so rewarding when those doors do open and, and you get a yes or or you get the thing you've been working so hard for. So that's kind of something I always say to people like your dreams are not going to work out by you just sitting on your couch and eating Cheetos and watching Thor Ragnarok. You have <laughs> to do something. Awesome. I love that. I think that's so valuable for our listeners. So the last thing we'll ask you to do is just remind our listeners where they can connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram at Mingling with Mickey and on Twitter at Megan D513. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Megan. We had a blast chatting with you, and I know it's been so valuable for our listeners as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Malcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.